Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Everybody said amen. Amen. I'd like my kids to come up today. Being Mother's Day, I told them to be ready. They're not sure if ready for what, but I'd like them to introduce their mother today. She's our guest speaker today. And so I just, the question I was going to ask is if you'd like to say something that you really love about your mother, or if you have, maybe have a story about your mother that you would like to share right now, um, I was going to let them go, so I'll just go oldest to youngest. Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, talking about my mom, I'll say this. I'll say she has four, uh, she has three okay kids and then one incredible kid. Um, so the evidence is in, is in that. No, but my mom is by far um, probably the scariest person I've ever met. Um, just like, I mean, like a look can change, like just can change my life, you know. Um, at the same time, though, she, she's, she's, the, she's the most loving mom. Um, I mean, she's my number one cheerleader, my number one fan. Whatever I need, I know I can go to her. Um, and, and like words can't express like who she is to me, so. Well, I'll tell a story about my mom just to get her ready. So in seventh grade, we went formal dress shopping, and we tried on hundreds of dresses, and I tried on this one dress, and it was, it was strapless, and I just wanted it so bad. And one thing about me is when I want something, I will pick and pick and pick and pick and pick until I get it. So we're walking in of all, McCain Mall, of all places, this beautiful seventh grade girl, easily to get kidnapped. I couldn't defend myself if someone were to hurt me. And so we're walking, and I'm like, I just want the dress, I just want the dress. And she turns around, she goes, you know what, Caleb? Forget it. And leaves me at McCain Mall by myself because I kept picking because I wanted the dress. Left me there by myself. But... Anyway, I ended up getting a different dress, whatever, but it took us a little bit to get there, but I didn't wear the strapless dress, all to say the least, but like Ethan said, words couldn't describe her. Um, I have many more stories like that. Find me after service. She's, she's something else, but I call her eight times a day, and she answers every time, except for Wednesday mornings when she's in staff meeting, but I love her more than anything. I miss her every day, so she's pretty great. So... Uh, my mom is by far, like, the most, like, she's either the nicest person you'll meet or the scariest person you'll meet. Like, I'm not sure I know a single person who knows my mom and is not petrified of her. One, one time, uh, I was at an AU tournament, I think in Conway, and there was this one team. There was this one team, and they were, like, you know, they were, everybody was big. And my mom was, like, obviously going psycho on the refs, yelling at us, pass, shoot the ball, something, something, something. That's a bad call. And this big, like, 6'4", 5,000 pounds, just big, muscular dude, like, starts yelling at the ref. And she turns around, and they start yelling at each other. And she's, like, yelling at this dude who, could like, flicks her, and she would die. <laughs> but somehow, he just somehow happens to back down. And everyone's, like, out of their mind, how it's just 5'1" little short lady just made that one (laughs) big dude back down. I love my my mother. She is the best. (laughs) Amen. God bless y'all. Y'all can sit down. Come on, put your hands together. God bless you. Come on, Miss Leanne Rosenbaum. I don't remember that story, just so you know. 
I don't remember that at all, Colton Rosenbaum. But, and I did not leave my daughter at McCain Mall. I just walked out to the car with her trailing behind me because I was done and told her from now on she can shop with her daddy because I'm done dress shopping. But I didn't hold to that because I took her dress shopping every single time. It's hard to dress shop with a little girl that's a little girl and does, you know, okay. You know, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the new moms. Yay, you have your new little baby. Happy Mother's Day to all the giddy moms who are just so excited to be a mom. Happy Mother's Day to the excited moms, the tired moms, the stressed moms. (laughs) That one right there, that's the one. Happy Mother's Day to the hurting moms who might be missing their moms today. Happy Mother's Day to the hurting moms who might be missing a child today. Maybe there's not a a seat at the table anymore where there used to be a plate at the table. Happy Mother's Day to those of you who are still waiting to be a mom. Your day hasn't come just yet, but it will, I promise you, especially if you drink the water at this church. You're going to be a mama. Today I want to talk about something um, that may seem a little bit ironic to talk about on Mother's Day, but I want to talk about the anointing today. And I went to district council this week, heard a great sermon. Well, I heard part of it. I didn't get to hear all of it, but I heard part of it about the anointing. And we know in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the anointing was oil. It was ointment. It was used to set apart. You know the story of King David. We're about to read that where he poured the anointing oil upon him to set him apart as you are now going to be king. We know that they used the anointing oil to um, consecrate the altars. We know that they Mary used the anointing oil when she... Um, anointed the feet of Jesus. If you have your Bibles or your Bible app, after you read on your Bible app, put it up because I'm more interesting than Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat. I promise, promise. Ask my kids. They got a lot of stories. Let's read in 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to read the first 13 verses of 1 Samuel chapter 16. This is God speaking to Samuel here at the beginning. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said. That's a whole sermon right there. Samuel did what the Lord said. And went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord has anointed him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for the man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse, verse 8, so Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And the Lord said, 
Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and, the, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, There yet remains the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring for him, for we will not sit down till he comes. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I do love you with my whole heart. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you that your word is true when life is crazy, when life is hurtful, when life is in an upheaval, when it's a chaotic world we live in. Your word is what stands true. And I thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray you anoint my lips today to speak the word that you've given me. Anoint the ears of the hearers and let the Wi-Fi go down so they can't be on their phones. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you can tell, that's my pet peeve. Let me define anointing uh, according to the Webster's Dictionary. To apply oil as part of a religious ceremony. To choose by divine election. Think of this story right here. This was divinely, David was divinely elected by God. He poured the oil on him as a symbol. To consecrate or make sacred. To dedicate to the service of God. Now, if I pulled this room and I asked each one of you, what is the anointing? Each one of you would probably have a little bit of a different version in our charismatic Pentecostal world today. But I think we can all agree we know when it's there. And we know when it's not. We know when someone's singing under the anointing, and we know when someone's not. I've been to Broadway with my senior class when I was a senior in high school. I was so moved by some of the shows that I saw. Moved to tears by some of the shows that I saw there. Standing ovation, clapping my hands, blown away by the talent. But that was not the anointing. That was a good show because when I walked out, my life was not changed forever. It was just a good show. The anointing, I like to say it like this, it is power that sets us apart. It sets apart a sermon. When I hear a sermon that is anointed, that sermon is set apart. It is sacred. It fulfills its purpose. Like the anointing oil, it lingers long after the church service is over. When I've had an anointed conversation with somebody at work or an anointed conversation with someone on the phone or an anointed conversation with somebody at the gas station, it lingers. It lingers long after I've walked away. It's resonated in my heart or in my spirit. We could say this for a worship conference, for a conference, for a worship service, for teaching, for training. We could also say this for mothering. When I preach or when I teach, and Lord have mercy for certain when I have to get up here and sing. (laughs) It's the anointing I desire above all things else. 
If I teach and I don't teach under the anointing, I feel like I have failed. I want the anointing above everything else. It is the anointing that sets apart my sermons, my teaching, everything. In Isaiah, he said it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. Not a good word, not talent, not um, being able to put on a good show. That's not what breaks the yoke of bondage in people's life. It is the anointing of God that breaks the yoke of bondage. And that's what I'm all about. And that's what you're all about. Without the backing and the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm just words. And y'all know I got a lot of words. I like to talk. I like to tell stories. I like to listen, too. I have a lot of words. Without that anointing, that's all I am is just words. Just words. And in this culture, we have a lot of words. Everywhere you turn, there's words. Somebody's saying something about something. Everywhere we turn. More important than the sermon I preach any song I sing, any program I, te- I lead, any class I teach, event I orchestrate, more important than any book I write, any money I make is the kids I raise. Let me say that again. More important than any sermon I preach, song I sing, program I lead, class I teach, event I orchestrate, book I write, money I make is the kids I raise. Raising my children is the hardest task I'll ever set my hands to. It's the hardest task I've ever set my hands to, which is why we need the anointing to be a good mother. I'm not left on my own. I don't have to do it by myself. I have the man, the Holy Spirit of God beside me in my mind, walking with me. Every step that I take, I have him with me when I'm operating in the anointing power. I don't have to do it alone. Jesus Christ himself in Isaiah chapter 61 said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news. If Jesus, the perfect one, needed to walk in the anointing power of the Holy Spirit, so how much more we do. How much more do moms and dads need to walk in that anointing power of the Holy Spirit? Let's go back to our text. This is such a powerful, powerful, powerful part of Scripture. Such a powerful part when God chose King David. I mean, we could dissect those 13 um, verses, as Brother Pace says. We could make that a 13-week series, couldn't we, Brother Pace? I mean, we could just dissect that word by word, verb by verb, noun by noun. But let's twist it up just a little bit. See, God said no to Eliab, and he said no to Abinadab. And he said no to Shammah, and he said no to this one, and then he said no to this one, and then he said no to this one, and this one. Then he said, bring me that little boy out in the field. Bring him out here. We're not sitting down. So they all stand there, waiting for David to come in from the field. And then God said, he's the one. Him right there. And so if we're going to twist this just a little bit today, I want to say it like this. God didn't pick me to be your kid's mother. He didn't pick you to be my kid's mother. He chose you to be your kid's mother. Not the super mom. You know her. Her house looks like Pinterest exploded. 
Her social media pictures are perfect. Her life is perfect. Her husband is perfect. And her children are perfect. God didn't choose her to raise your kids. He chose you. You know the hippie mom. Her house is a wreck and she doesn't even see it. She doesn't even know it's a wreck. She doesn't care because she's been too busy making the solar system out of paper mache with her children. She's been having the experience. That's all that matters to her. She doesn't care that her house smells like dirty dishes that have been there for two weeks. She doesn't care. They're making memories. She's growing a garden in her backyard with her two-year-old. You know the studious mom. Her children had a library card before they came into the world. Okay? They go to the library twice a week. They read books. They're in book circles, book clubs. She's in every, everything educational that she can possibly get her hands on. I have a sister-in-law like this. Please don't buy my kids any gifts if they're not educational. Well, the rest of the family goes, I'm not doing that. Of course, the teacher in me goes, absolutely, okay? You know the school mom, don't you? Oh, yeah, the studious mom, her kids have no idea who Coco Melon is, okay? But by the time they're four, they're reading chapter books. <laughs> you know the school mom. The PTO president, the PTA president, she plans every party, every school party. She shames you because you can't even spell PTA. The fun mom, everything's an event. The start of school, we bake a cake. I have a friend who does this. She Every single year, do you remember this, Ethan and Kaylin, Kristen Jackson? She made a school bus cake, a school bus cake. Every day on the first day of school, and at the end of the school, there was a swimming pool cake because now it's summer. Everything is an event. When school's out, they buy cookies that cost $12 a piece that have palm trees on them. Yes, there are really cookies that cost $12. You know the granola mom. Their kids are 16 years old before they discover sugar. But they've hiked every trail in Arkansas. You know the gentle mom. Now come over here, baby. Tell me what you're feeling. Let's talk about our feelings. Let's use our inside voice. Leanne, I'm sorry, but today I had to take out my angry voice and use it on Kaylin. I was like, you put it up? <laughs> okay, where do you put it? Tell me. I didn't know there was a special place for the angry voice. You know the militant mom. Feelings. Feelings. Suck it up. Buttercup, feelings are stupid, and no, stupid's not a bad word. Keep talking, and uh, you're going to knock your head against the wall. I don't know who that mom would be. <laughs> Out of all those moms, God picked you to mother your children. Maybe you are the hippie mom. Maybe you are the gentle mom. Maybe you are the fun mom. Maybe you are event-driven. Maybe you are those things. Maybe you're a couple of those things. But God chose you to raise your kids. And listen, I'm going to make some people mad. God did not choose your mother to raise your kids. God did not choose your mother-in-law to raise your kids. He chose you to raise your kids. See, I have a mother and I have a mother-in-law, and they are a lot alike. They're both fierce. You talk about scary. I'm still scared of my mother, and she's been in heaven for nine years, okay? They are fierce. They are fierce, highly opinionated women, okay? And they neither one worked full-time jobs. They worked part-time jobs. They neither one worked full-time jobs, and they almost made it as if it was a sin if you worked a job. Well, I worked a job that I loved when I was raising, especially Hayden when he was a baby. And uh, two days a week, three if you counted Sundays, and they gave it to me constantly, one on one ear and one on the other ear, constantly. 
your kids are going to grow up to hate the church, Leanne. Your kids are going to grow up. They're not going to want anything to do with the Lord because you shove church down their throat all the time. Every time I turn around, they're at the church. Constant. Drove me batty. You know why? Because I respected my mother. She raised good kids. She raised godly kids. She did it right. I respected my mother-in-law who at the time of her salvation, she did start raising her kids godly. I did respect them. So those words would get into my head, and they would seep into my spirit. And, and I know that they had the best interest for me and my children. I know they did. But it began to wreak havoc on me, and I was seeped in guilt. And one day I was laying on the bed next to Hayden, who was drinking out of his little sippy cup and playing with his hair. That's what he did. And I just began to pray. I said, Hayden, we're going to pray for a little bit. He was three. <laughs> He didn't care. As long as I was laying there, he didn't care what I was doing. So I just began to pray and pray and pray. Prayer is your best avenue as a mom. I just began to pray. I began to pray that I would be a good mother. I began to pray that Hayden would not grow up to hate church, that he would love the church, that he would love the Lord, that he would serve God. I just began to pray, and then I began to pray in my prayer language out loud. My kid's just laying there. Pray in your prayer language in front of your children. I just begin to pray in the Spirit. I just begin to pray in tongues. I just begin to pray in the Spirit. And all of a sudden, this has never happened to me before or since, and I'm not sure that I can even back it up scripturally, but I'm going to tell you what happened. I gave a message in tongues right there. I knew when my prayer language had changed, and now it's a message. And I'm like, okay, Lord, uh. <laughs> he's three <laughs> and it's just him and I here and then the Lord gave me the interpretation to that that prayer that, that that message he said I ordained you from the time you were in your mother's womb I knew who your children were going to be and I knitted their DNA together to match the life that I have called you and Carrie to. And they will not grow up to hate the church. They will grow up to love me. They will grow up to love my work. They will grow up to love my people and my body. Your children are not Celeste's children, and they are not Shirley's children. They are your children. And from that point on, all of that has settled the issue. When God speaks, he settles the issue. I worked my job. I worked my job at the church. Some of these very people sitting in here today were in my kids' church there. I got to work my church, and I got to love my kids all at the same time because God spoke. God called me to raise my kids. He called you to raise your kids. He put a special anointing on you for your children. It's not on me for your kids. It's not on you for my kids. That does not mean that I don't learn from other people. That does not mean that I don't listen to my mother when she was dying with Alzheimer's. One of her last um, moments where she of clarity, she said, you're too hard on him, and you're going to lose him. That was one of her last moments of clarity, one of the last things I remember her speaking to me about my oldest son. You're too hard on him, and you're going to lose him. 
I still took her advice. I still listened to her. I listened, listen, y'all, I've said this in my Sunday school class. Lord God, bless Jan Maxie's soul because I hung on every single word she said. She was my mentor parenting, and I'm not even sure she knew it. I just listened. If she was around, I just made sure I was around so I could just hear her conversation. Amongst other people, I, Johanna Garrison, I listened to how they parented, and I paid attention. But at the end of the day, my confidence was in my anointing to raise my children. Do not compare yourself or your children or your marriage or your home to anyone else. Comparison is the thief of joy. Your kids will not behave like my kids. My kids will not behave like your kids. Do not compare. Amen? I want to look at verse 13 in this text. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward the spirit of the Lord came upon him the spirit of the Lord came upon him the spirit of the Lord is on you to raise your kids listen being a mother has never been easy okay we have washing machines several generations back did not that's not easy, okay? We have grocery pickup. I didn't have grocery pickup when I had two-year-olds, okay? It's not, it's not ever been easy to be a mom, but I'm going to tell you something. It was a lot easier before social media. It was a lot easier before a constant influx of opinions, blogs, podcasts, books, it was easier when pretty much everybody in this country raised their kids with a moral standard. It was a whole lot easier then. Carrie and I were talking about this on the way to church this morning. It was really a lot easier when everybody was kind of moral, whether they went to church or not. But now, it seems like to me, it's so much harder to do everything. It's harder to be a teenager in a world of social media. It's harder to be a college kid in the world of social media. It's harder to be a parent in the world of social media. If ever parents have needed the Spirit of God, it is now. The Holy Spirit of God is your very best friend. He is your very best friend in everything, really, but most especially in pointing and parenting. He will walk you down this journey that we call motherhood. The Spirit of God will walk you down. I cannot tell you how many times. One particular issue with, our, with one of our kids. We did not know what to do. We were lost as a goose. I mean, this was bigger than anything we'd faced. We didn't have a clue how to fix it, how to help him, nothing. And I got one friend texting me telling me to do this. I got another friend texting me to tell me to do this. It's so, I'm talking with Carrie. It's so confusing. He said, put your phone down. We're going to pray. We're going to pray right now because we were torn up. We were being emotionally driven, kind of like what Ashley taught in Sunday school this morning. We were being emotionally driven by this, and, and the advice that we were getting was not nowhere on the same page. I put my phone down. We began to pray, and we prayed, and we prayed for about 30 minutes. We just prayed. Lord, how should we handle this? What is the right way? What is your way? You know him better than I know him. You know the situation better than I know the situation. How do we handle this? And when we finished praying, we had clarity. We had made a decision. When I picked up my phone, my friends had gotten on the same page. One said, well, you know, I think maybe you ought to try this. I said, well, I 
thank you, I'll try this, and it was the same thing. There was our confirmation. The Holy Spirit will lead you. He will help you. He will answer every question that you have. He will speak to you. He will open your eyes to things we would otherwise miss. The Spirit of God will open your eyes. You ever been woke up, moms? Mm, something ain't right. You ever heard your kid telling a story and you go, hold up, back up, repeat that part. You ever been at work and all of a sudden your kid just, man, you just can't stop thinking about that kid. What's going on? Something's going on. That's the Spirit of God. Y'all, we're not smart enough for that. That is the Spirit of God. Sometimes it comes through your friend's mouth. You let that boy play on your emotions. I do. Oh, my goodness, it's the truth. I do. Sometimes listen to your friends. Sometimes don't. He will heal your hurting heart. When you've mothered everything that you know to do that's right, when you've given everything that you have to give, it is the Holy Spirit of God that will step in and heal your heart. See, here's the thing. When we raise them, we can no longer control them. Once they're out on their own and they make their own choices, we can no longer control how they act, how they behave, how they raise their kids. We have no control over that anymore. It's the Holy Spirit of God that will heal your heart when your kid walks away from the Lord. If your kid walks away from the Lord. He will minister and calm your wounded spirit. I have this friend. She was super, well, she's all those moms put together, <laughs> okay? She, being a mom, I don't know anybody like her. And I tell her, as a matter of fact, when her kid did not do some things right, and I don't know why, I am mean. I don't know why these kids want to come and talk to me. They know I'm going to chew them up one side and down the other. But here he comes to my house and says, well, you know, I did lie, and I did this. I said, listen, here, you are a punk, because I do not know another mom who gives as much to her kids as she gives to you. You are a punk, and you are going to set this straight with her. I don't know why they come. But anyway, I guess there's this desire to have the truth. But when her kids were young, very young, she kept saying, I don't know if I'm saying the right things. I don't know if I'm doing the right things. I don't know if when the situation comes up, you don't have time to run to the prayer closet. When your kid is standing right here in front of you, you can't run to the prayer closet and say, oh. Lord Jesus, what do I do here? You just got to make a decision. I said, listen to me. Do you pray and ask the Lord to help you be a good mom? Do you pray and ask the Lord to help you be a godly mom in your personal prayer time? Is being a mom on your list anywhere? She said, oh, it's at the top. I said, then here's the beauty. Then is when you get to trust You've asked him, now is when you get to trust that when that moment arises and you've got to respond right then, you're responding according to the power of the Holy Spirit, according to his will. This is why we pray. This is why we go before the Lord. This is why. Because in the moments when I need him, he is there. All right, flip over to 2 Kings or scroll over to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 2. We're going to read verses 9 through 13, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 through 13. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha says, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. 
So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it. And he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. He picked up the mantle. The mantle represents the call of God. The mantle represents the purpose of God. The mantle represents the anointing of God. Listen to me, moms, today. We're going to pick up that mantle. We're going to pick it up. We're going to step into our anointing. We're going to step in unashamedly. We're not going to apologize for the way we raise our kids. It's See, I need a double portion of the Holy Ghost to raise godly kids. I don't want to just raise good kids. Good is not good enough for me. I want to raise godly godly kids and it is going to take the spirit of God for me to do that good kids is not good enough good IQ who cares in eternity good grades who cares in eternity but we care right now little boy you hear that a good job a great career get in the great universities be good at sports it's all fleeting While we want those things for our kids, of course, we want those things for our kids. It's fleeting. Godliness is not fleeting. And it is today that I'm going to pick up that mantle and I'm going to be a parent. I'm going to parent in confidence. Listen, we're not going to look like other moms. We're not going to look like another mom. I don't look like the moms. From Cabot High School, all of them, some I do. I don't look like the moms at the University of Arkansas. I don't care if my kid's popular. I don't care. If they're popular, I pray they're popular for their stand for Jesus Christ. You know why I fight with her about what she's going to wear to prom and formal? Because I don't care that she looks like every other girl. I care that she looks holy and righteous and pure because that's who God's called her to be and that's what I care about and it's worth the fight discipline is love it would be so much easier for me to just take her sign I don't care what she wears I don't care what she looks like sign the, it'd be so much easier for me to go to bed at night when I got these boys out playing basketball Carrie's made me go check on them before Ethan Dean did you tell a story on me Okay, one more tell a story on you. He wants to go to a bonfire. Well, I wasn't born yesterday, and neither was Carrie. Kids don't go to bonfires to watch the wood burn. And this is the one. You think Kaylin is the one that tears you down? This one right here tears you down too, okay? He, he just constant, constant, constant. You cannot give him a reason why. Finally, I was in Branson on a Branson trip with my girlfriends. Finally, I said, let him go to the fire. Let him go to the bonfire. Kristen's standing beside me. She said, that's fine. We're going too. I said, okay, we'll go too. So we drive her van out there. 
We drive all the way through the yard. We park right in the middle of the other cars. I didn't know that Tattletale told his, her brother that we were going to be out there. But it doesn't matter. I was still there. I was watching everything that was happening at the bonfire. I came home and told, I came to church and told Dennis, I think they were smoking pot out there. Yvonne said, wait a minute, what house was it? Because they'd gotten calls there and some leaves that they burn or something, I don't know. I said, well, I don't know. All I know is I was there watching my kid. It would have been, I was tired after my Branson trip. It's exhausting. We don't sleep. It would have been much easier for me to go home, take a hot bath, and crawl up in that bed. But instead, the Holy Spirit of God sent me out there to watch him. And now he knows. You don't ever know where you're going to be and your mama's going to show up, Okay. I don't look like the other moms, and I don't parent like the other moms. It is the anointing that sets us apart. When Elisha picked up that cloak, and he put that cloak on, I didn't read far enough. Let me go on down here to verse 15. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. When I put on that cloak of anointing, you can tell it. You can tell that I parent differently. You can see it in the way I parent. You can hear it in my conversations with my kids. You can see the bags under my eyes because I waited up for them to get home. You can tell that I am a different type of parent than some other parents. It is the Spirit of God, and it will set us apart. I want all moms to come. I really would prefer all women to come. Whether you've raised your kids or not, whether you're 15 or 16, you're going to be a mom someday. And today, instead of standing across the front, I want you to kneel where it's just you and God. Nobody else is around. You're not seeing me. I've asked the worship team just to play at first. You know, sometimes when they start singing and you're praying and you're touching God and you're really touching God and then all of a sudden and your children and their children and now you're singing. <laughs> and so today we're going to pray. We're going to touch God today. We're going to pick up that mantle today, that mantle that sets us apart. Listen, can you parent without the anointing? Oh, absolutely. A lot of people do it. A lot of people parent good without the anointing. But why would you want to when it's so readily available? When it's so readily available, why in the world would we want to parent without the anointing? Listen, the anointing makes all the difference in the world in how you will raise your children. Grandmothers, the anointing makes all the difference in the world in the type of influence you will be upon your children as they parent and upon your grandchildren. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.